Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS5. The game hotline is 706-0111. On this glorious Wednesday morning, the Astros won again. I did not, I said it yesterday. I didn't think they'd win. I mean, usually you don't play all that well the day after you celebrate. Um, and so I didn't really expect them to win. It was funny because even Dusty said last night in the postgame, he goes, I was glad no one showed up hungover. And he basically said, I wouldn't have been surprised if they had, but I was surprised, but I was very glad everyone showed up. No one was hungover. Everyone was ready to play. And it looked like him and they just... Jeremy Payne, you hit a three-run homer. I was like, whoa, I did not expect this to happen. But um, you take the wins when you can get them, even when you don't need them. And you, you know, at this point, you just hope that you hope that they can get do this, you know, hit, score enough runs and pitch well enough and win in the postseason. I mean, you just, I mean, it's not a whole lot you can do. You win as many games as you can win. They're going to be the number one seed in their league. And you just hope that somehow you win in the postseason. I, I don't, you know, they've, they've fought last five years, they've been in at least a American League Championship Series. And so it's not like they don't know how to win in the postseason, but they've, you know, they've only won one World Series and you hope to win another one. It's just, you just never know how the ball's going to bounce. And, um, you never know when the line drive is going to be caught and when the blooper is going to drop with two outs and runners in scoring position in game seven of the World Series. I mean, you just never know. So it's just just hope they can uh, they can keep this up. But wow, wow, the way that they've been. I still don't trust Abreu. I'm just telling you all, I just do not trust. They better not overtrust that cat in the postseason. That's all I'm saying. I appreciate what he's done. He's been fabulous the second half. I can only trust him so far in the postseason. We'll see how the Astros do it. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Yeah, I want to go back to something you said yesterday about the uh, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that the Raiders are in the position that they are in is because of their head coach. This is He's not a head coach. Um, I'm surprised this man got it. Well, I'm not surprised he got another chance, uh, especially what he did with the Colts. You know, he basically he was hired and he, t- and he pulled off. He pulled back from the job. Uh, usually, if you do something like that, you list it. You know, that's how you blacklist it. But, of course, he's from uh, the great Belichick, the greatest coach ever. So, so what what, what happened in that game, Jay? I mean, I, I didn't see the game, so I don't really know. Like, I've heard some other people highly critical of him. What was the primary thing oh, no, that he no, no, did? I, don't, I saw the only thing I saw was Winfro fumble and the guy picked it up and scored. That's the only, that's the only play I've seen of that game mm-hmm. um, in real time. Um I didn't watch the game. Um, but it's just the idea, man. That I, I feel that players don't respect this guy. You know, when he was his tenure in uh, Denver, and I think it's going to 
we're going to see the same results in uh, Las Vegas with this guy. This guy's not a coach, man. He's not a head coach. Um, uh, not, hey, man, another thing, too, man. I, I heard the afternoon show, you know, oh, if the Saints lose this game against Carolina, you know, I'm, I'm going to start panicking. Well, um, look at the oh, the 90, I know, you know, if you're looking back at his, historically, Saints started seasons off hot, undefeated, and didn't make the playoff. Um, they started, I know the 2000 season doesn't exist in him because you never heard of Jeff Blake. So I know that you know, he's a young guy in 2000, you know, only Drew Brees counts a lot of these Saints fans. So 2006, I'm sure he's, he's probably been watching the Saints since 2006. But the year of uh, 2000, when they went 1-3, and three, they made the playoffs. I know it's different. Even the 2017 season when they started 0-2. Oh, oh, no, look, they've I, had I just, recently, they've had a, they, they normally get off to a bad start. You know, nor, that's that's typically what they've done um, in recent years. And they just haven't handled preseason mode. I, I, I don't know why they can't do it, but they just never seen it. But, no, I, I still think it's a big win. And, and I think – I think, to your point, it may be more in the court of public opinion because there's, you know, there's this huge crowd out there. They all hate Jameis. They're just waiting for Jameis to have one bad game so they can say, "Oh, I yeah. told you so. I told you so." You know, that's yeah, like, what we're like going through right yesterday. Now. You know, he was he was sugarcoating it, but I, when I hear certain callers, man, it's almost like you know they're not going to come out and say, "Man, I want this guy to fail." But it's almost oh, no, like they, they, they no, no, there's way. a huge crowd. They're waiting. You know, they, 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 they wait. They, they, they want him they, to fail. Yes, you know, they rosy it up. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They dress it up real good. But we know. I, I can see right through it. The facade. But hey, whatever. Hey, whatever happens, happens. You know. Um, like I said, that, that's some blame on Jameis. I, I would never sit up here and think the man's playing. You know, that he's great. But this whole thing, he haven't played great out of seven uh, out of seven out of eight quarters. Well, okay. Let's look at it. if, if we're going to do that to Jameis. Let's do that to the whole team. Who played? Who played complete game? Who played, who played eight quarters out there? I, I um, I I think I you know I've said it over and over. We're in preseason mode. I'm not going to worry about how many good quarters they're playing until we get out of preseason mode. Game five, game six, game seven. If they're still playing at this level, then it's time to be alarmed in terms of just the execution of the offense. You just want to get wins as many wins as you can. Look. This is the, the this is a team in the Arnolds that has had trouble re- defending the run. So they need to go and run the ball, put Jameis and everybody on the offense in a good position. Uh, hopefully a Debo plays and we'll see what happens. Now, if, again, the problem is Sunday was not th- – there are games when you have the game won and the quarterback blows it with interceptions. That is not what happened Sunday. That that they that that it was a low scoring game between two teams about on the same level. Most people think the Yucks are better than the Saints, but the Saints have had their numbers, so they're somewhat on the same level. Uh, both teams are in preseason mode. Both teams have a lot of key players out, and and it was a defensive struggle. And one and a veteran fumbled the football, and the officials started cheating. I mean, I mean, and then the game just got out of hand. But that the quarterback did not lose the game. That that the, the, many other factors played into that. So I'm not even. I'm not trying to evaluate individuals yet. I'm just trying to figure out how do you can win enough games until you get out of preseason mode, and then we see what you got. When when are you going to sign them up, man? To your class, to your Saints history class. <laughs> I don't know the, the four o'clock guys. Well, let's not let's, not let's not let's not worry. On, but need, let's you, not hey, get they personal. Need, they need to take let, they let, need to take a session, man, wait. on the Saints on the his on the on the history of the Saints. Oh, I think you okay. need to be the professor. Oh, okay, in that situation, well, okay. you have a good one. Okay, Thank you. take care. 
Game hotline, 706-0111, 706-0111, if you would like to get in. And, and I'm going to get back to the Saints. Um, obviously, we're going to, in the next segment, we're going to be speaking, talking LSU football with Cokie Riley in the next segment like we do each Wednesday. But we'll get back to Saints and football and perspective. I, I'm just... Um, I went back and forth on the email yesterday with a guy who was very upset and he, he can't stand Jameis and he wants him gone and he he can't even fathom. He could not even fathom how I could even think about thinking that Jameis had a chance. And I, I said, I'm just not, you know, everyone is going off on the, or a lot of people on the whole Devin, Devin White just made cheap shot comments that, that rivals make. I, that, that stuff means nothing to me. Nothing. Um, I, uh, Jameis has now played, what has he played? Nine games. Well, going into this game, he had played eight games in York. Now, he played in a few other games, but I'm talking about as the quarterback. Um, he played at the end of some game of the, the year. I don't even count that. But, um, and and he had three interceptions coming in, and two of those weren't even real interceptions. They weren't like, when I say real interceptions, I mean, they were like throw-ups at the end of a half in Orneville when they were playing but half a team because of COVID, you know, at the beginning of last season. They, they weren't like misread interceptions. Um, Now, the... The first interception he threw Sunday was a punt. And if the receiver, that I don't consider that that bad of a pass. The receiver's got to make a play on the ball. Alave fell back in, in, in the corner, and the defensive back didn't, the safety, and he, he caught the ball. I mean, quarterbacks good, Hall of Fame quarterbacks all the way down to donkeys, throw deep balls every once in a while. Now, they threw a few too many deep balls for Mate Sunday. But anyway... Throw deep balls all the time, and it's up to the receiver not to let the guy catch the football. So I don't even count that. I mean, it counts, but I don't look at oh, oh, I'm all worried. Uh, you got receivers got to make a play on the ball right there. The second one was um, okay. Wait, was the one that came? In? No, the second one was just awful pass. That was an awful read. That was a horrible pass. No question. Now again. He would not if 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 Ingram does his if Ingram doesn't fumble, Superman doesn't fumble, and the officials don't cheat, well then and make up just make up calls. That one doesn't it doesn't even happen that second interception. The the pick six does not even happen if the officials do their job. And the third one wasn't a misread. The guy was open, he just made a bad pass. Um and that wasn't an interception anyway because the ball hit the ground. If Mahomes throws it, then 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 it's an incompletion. If Brady throws it, it's an incompletion. I'll leave that at that. But anyway, because we saw Mahomes throw that had that same thing, and they call it an interception. I mean, an incompletion, and that decided the football game in that game. All right, let's go um, back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey Kevin. Hello. Hey, you know what? You know what's funny. Uh, when we played the Bucks in the playoffs uh, a couple years back, everyone brings up that Jared Cook fumble, which is true. But no one talks about Drew Brees and the picks that he threw that blew that game. He 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 had some interceptions. So Look, that, why are people not bringing up this Mark Ingram fumble and blaming it all on team? Well, because that's what they, they – people hear what they want like, to hear and they see what they want to see. And, again, I, I, I'm – 
the offense is not playing well. The offense was putrid yeah, against the Falcons. It, There's no question. It's bad right now. But, but, but again, they ran the ball better than I expected. I, I was like, very encouraged with that. But, any, but it's going to get there. You see the improvement from last week uh, from, uh, against the Falcons to, you know, to the Bucks game, right? Am I wrong? <laughs> well, I, I saw mean, improvement because they were able to run the football. They couldn't do anything. I mean, the offensive line got completely torched against the Falcons. It did not get completely torched against the Yucks. It it it, it had some. It it played pretty well. And again, it's not the offensive line f- fault that that Superman fumbled ten yards from the line of scrimmage, uh, or past the line of scrimmage. So it, 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 if 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 Superman doesn't fumble, then I think it, it's a totally different discussion this week. Totally. Yeah. And if. Or, and or if the officials don't just make decide, well, it's a close game, it's the fourth quarter, we're going to just start making calls up here. We're just going to start making stuff up that didn't even happen. That you know, either one of those, none of this had none of complete. Now, I don't know if the Saints would have won, but the discussion would be totally different. It's, it's, it's amazing how many people just want to see this Pete, man go. They, they just and like they the, not even giving them a chance. Absolutely. It's only week two, guys. It's week two, yeah. you know? And we're one and one. At least we're one and one while we're trying to figure this stuff out, you know? Uh, uh, that's correct. Okay, all right. All right. Thank you. It is um, It is what it is. That part will never change. Um, and you just, again, my number one concern about Jameis coming in to the season and when they got him is he's got to get better and more proficient at throwing the ball underneath. And my number one, it's not about throwing a bunch of crazy interceptions because I'll say it, I've said it before. Look, I, I can't stand Stalin, but one thing that he and I agree upon is this. Quarterbacks don't throw 30 interceptions. Coaches do. And I'm not even worried about that. I, that's not even in my mind. People keep bringing that junk up. My only concern about Jameis, other than health, I have serious health. I have no idea if health-wise he can get through this. I, I have no idea. But other than health, uh, my only concern is he's got to get more proficient in underneath stuff. They just have to. You have to be able to take. You got to have. A, you got to be able to take as many layups as you can. Running games and layups lead to the deep ball, which he will get better at because we're in preseason. He will get better at the deep ball. It's preseason. And uh, I'm not even worried about that. I'm just, he's got to get, they, they got to run the ball, which I, they showed signs of doing. And he's got to get more proficient at the underneath stuff. Those two things will help lead to more big plays down the field instead of just forcing the big plays down the field. That's really my only concern with him right now. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Shift gears to LSU football. Much happier subject for a lot of the football fans around here. We'll do that with Koki Riley of the USA Today Network next on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. How much does foot despise the San Francisco 49ers? Well, you be the judge. I love turning 50 because... I was no longer a 49. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. <coughs> want to remind you about the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo. If you would like to win a family pack of four tickets to see the Angola Prison Rodeo, that, ge- that will take place on Sunday, October the 2nd. All you need to do is text the word rodeo, R-O-D-E-O, to 337-283-8100. Text rodeo to 283-8100. You might win a family pack of four tickets to the Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, we have with us, as we do each time this week, Koki Riley of the USA Today Network. How are you, sir? Doing great. How's it going, Kevin? Oh, I'm still trying to get over to Saints game, but I'm enjoying my Astros. Like They don't even like to give up runs lately, so it's kind of a mixed bag right now of emotions for me, but um, that's kind of how the sports world works sometimes. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Saturday, I was try- I kept up with the LSU. The LSU started about an hour and a half before the Cajuns started in Houston, so I was kind of following the game on my phone, and for a while it looked very much like the Saints-Buck game, like no one wanted to do anything offensively. And then by the time I – okay, I can't follow this anymore. I need to pay attention to this game that I'm covering. I was – um, I, I kind of lost. And then after the game, I heard LSU had won, and I look at the box score, and I, w- w- what do you take? Obviously, both of us kind of really doubted their chances of winning, and they had a huge finish. And so w- w- what did you learn – from a positive standpoint in that win in that second half that maybe we didn't know going in? I think two huge things. One, this defense has it more more or less together than we thought they did. Um, and when I say together, I'm talking about chemistry. I'm talking about continuity. I'm talking about understanding how to play with each other and understanding how to execute Matt House's scheme. Um, I think Matt House showed some really interesting stuff in the Florida State game when it came to uh, changing up the looks and schematic standpoint, but it seemed like the players didn't fully have it grasped at that for that game, and, and they were doing some uh, relatively complex stuff when it came to um, who to send on pressures and and, and stuff like that. In turn, but they just couldn't really execute, especially from a tackling standpoint. Um, but in this game, they executed from an everything standpoint. Uh, the front seven was excellent from the entire game. The, the secondary played really well in a game that where they were tested more in this one than any other we've seen this season. And I, I think that was extremely encouraging for LSU. And then on the flip side, offensively, I, the offensive line was excellent. And that's not something I expected to say at all, really, for the entire season. Um, I, I'll, I'll actually amend that statement. They were excellent in pass the run, run blocking is still an issue for this team. But in pass protection, they were really excellent. Um, I Only one pressure, to, one sack, and I think that was the only pressure allowed they had the entire game, I think. Or I think it might have been three pre- total pressures. But anyway, they, they kept Jaden Daniels pretty clean for the entire game and he had plenty of time to sort of survey the field. Whether Daniels took advantage of that or not was – uh, a lot more of a 50-50 proposition, but uh, regardless, it was especially from the from the two freshman tackles, uh, Emory Jones and Will Campbell. They 
the the offensive line, especially in pass protection, played really well, and that was that was a definitely uh, a pleasant surprise for for Tiger fans. Now, from what you could see, was Mississippi State's defense trying to pressure? Did they do much blitzing, or was it more of a cover defense? Um, it was more of a cover defense, I'd say, but the occasional times they did send pressure, also did a good job of uh, adjusting to it. Um, and it, it's they don't necessarily send five or more a lot, Mississippi State, but they send four pretty consistently. Uh, they have they kind of have that uh, odd three three front, and sometimes the fourth the fourth uh, jack uh, jack linebacker jack defensive end, however you want to sort of categorize that guy, um, they'll bring him down at the last second, and uh, there's a lot of communication sort of goes that sort of involved with that. I mean, Charles Turner explained this to us yesterday, um, the LSU starting center, Charles Turner. Uh, and sometimes that created some issues when it came to, for example, some of the false start penalties they had. Um, but overall, it, it turned into you know, a clean, a pretty clean day in the pocket for Jane Daniels. So uh, it was, it was a pretty, it, again, it was just a really impressive performance from a pass protection standpoint, especially when you have freshmen on both, uh, both tackle spots in an SEC game. Uh, they, as as uh, Brian Kelly said, Emory Jones exceeded their expectations, and uh, I think Will Campbell's been exceeding their expectations really since the beginning. Um, so it's it was again again it was it was a very impressive performance for the offensive line from a pass protection standpoint. And, and, and you know we we talked about this even after Florida State game. Like one of the wisdom one part of the wisdom of starting Jaden Daniels, other than obviously he's done other things well so far as well, is that. If you have some questions on your offensive line, it's harder to be ultra-aggressive against a quarterback that can run, especially can run like he can run. And so, um, you know, and he's, you know, obviously was by far their leading rusher again, which kind of can put the defense on its heels a little bit. So you can certainly see the wisdom in that as well. Again, we're speaking with Koki Raya of the USA Today Network. So what, what, I mean, I mean, every, all signs point toward, the leading rusher for LSU is going to be its quarterback, which is not the first time in the history of college football that's the case. So it's not like you can't win with that. Is that enough, or do you still think that there's some needs with the running game or some uh, you know, progress that needs to be made with the running game for LSU to, to really do big things this year? Yeah, I sort of want to dive uh, a little deeper into the tape onto what exactly is wrong with the run blocking and with the running backs and all that sort of stuff. They did, they, when they needed to run the ball in the fourth quarter, they did it. I think our Marty Goodwin's 47 yard touchdown run to really clinch the game. Like that was, that was a play that sort of um, encapsulated that improvement as the game went along. And LSU's offensive line really, I, I think improved this game went along because they just simply won the line of scrimmage and they were the more um, fit team and more athletic team. And that, that pretty much wore in Mississippi State by the end of the game. Um, I, I know the muff punt had a lot to do with the victory, but I, I think when you win by two scores and do it that quickly and win the fourth quarter 21 to nothing, it kind of just shows that um, things just got out of hand for the Bulldogs. So, um, but yeah, but from a pure uh, run game standpoint, I, I think we still need to see a little bit more. We need to have a little bit more time. Just sort of see like what exactly the problem is, 
um, with that moving forward. But I, but what I what I will say is uh, I I don't think uh, Jane Daniels being the leading rusher every single game is terribly sustainable. Um, uh, I, I think a, a chunk of those rushing yards he has is just our our plays where. He doesn't necessarily need need or should run the ball when it, because on some of those on some of those reads he's just not reading the open guy quick enough or or finding or even finding the guy period um, and instead he's just tucking and running so um, you want to keep him aggressive as a runner because he's one of the best running quarterbacks in all college football I don't think that's an overstatement at all but at the same time it, get the ball to your star receivers you know you have Keishon Booty you have Malik Neighbors um, you have all these great young explosive receivers uh, utilize them and, and if anything that's going to help you as a runner as well so um, I think trying to find that balance and and also getting that extra push and trying to get to the second level as an offensive line to help um, to help out the running game from a running back's perspective outside of just you know, wearing teams down in the fourth quarter, but you're not going to do that against every SEC team. So, um, yeah, the running game is kind of an interesting uh, piece of business because, I, I, again, Brian Kelly sort of held his judgment on it a little bit just because they've only played one SEC game and um, that Florida State game, there were so many other problems outside of just the running game. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it, it, that will be something to watch as the season goes on. You know, something else that's not really worked out like a lot of us were thinking was the, the, the wide receiving core. I mean, Kayshawn only had, what, three catches for about 30 yards in this game, and he had other games where he didn't do a whole lot. Malik had a better game um, by double, a little over double the yards and the catches. Uh, what, what do you make of all that? Uh, is that just a, a you know, some some receivers and, and wide receivers just mesh better than others, I guess. I, I, what do you make of all that? I think that's mostly a Daniels thing. Um, I think in the first game it was an offensive line problem. I think in this game it was more of Daniels just tucking and running probably too often and and not – and those receivers are getting open. It's just a matter of him finding them and hitting them, right? So I think that – I think part, at least a part of that blame has to go on the quarterback. Um, I, I think if I had to give like an alternate reason other than just – other than just talk about Daniels all the time, I think running the ball on first down a lot, especially in the first half, sort of put them in compromising positions on second and third down, and and that kind of makes life tougher for everyone on the offense um, if you're not putting your guys in the best possible situations uh, on on first and second down. I mean, how, converting third downs goes down comes down to converting it doing well on first down and second down and getting those large chunks and either not even getting the third down or making those third downs very very manageable um so i I think that that was part of the issue especially in the first half when lsu's offense was simply anemic um uh, but it got it but improved as the game went along because they went into tempo when they when you go into tempo um Everyone on the everyone on the offense isn't thinking as much. Daniels can find his quick his number one receiver uh, quicker. He doesn't he doesn't have to think as much, and uh, the less he thinks, the better he plays, especially out given how athletic he is. Uh, so you definitely saw that. But yeah, I, I think uh, some of it is Daniels is, is uh, accuracy issues. I don't think his accuracy is terrible. I don't think it's like well below average for for a solid starting 
college quarterback, but at the same time, it could definitely be better. Um, so I think there's a variety of factors, but I, I'd say still the main one is just Daniels just needs to hang in there, read the field, and find his receivers quicker and, and simply find them. You know, I, I think this is just more of a quarterback thing than it is a wide receiver's problem because their wide receivers are great athletes and they're getting open, as we saw in the second half of this game. You, do you, I wonder if there's any chance that they would flip it. I know maybe you might, they might consider that risky. Doing tempo to try to get the lead and then run the ball in the second half and, and kind of flip those, or is, do, you, do you kind of think that, that this is how they're going to do it, the tempo is going to always kind of come in the second half? No, I think the adjustment will be now that they're just going to run tempo all the time because, or most of the time at least, because I, they've been talking about, everyone's been talking about on that offense, especially even Brian, especially Brian Kelly, um, about how much better they are when they play under tempo, like all the, all the benefits they get from doing it. And with the way the defense held up, uh, despite how little the offense helped in that first half and how strong that defense finished in the, in the second half. Because when you go up-tempo, the worry is you're leaving your defense on the field often, too often, and you're tiring them out too much, right? But that just wasn't the case against Mississippi State, an offense that loves to keep the ball, an offense that plays an up-tempo style, um, and that's kind of that's, that's designed to be hard to contain on both those fronts, like, that's it, it, the fact that the defense held up so, as well as it did. It gives you more confidence for for LSU's offense in terms of uh, allowing them to play up tempo and play sort of that freewheeling style of football. And yeah, like I, I think they should just play tempo all the time at this point. Um, I think it's a little risky to do that because it sort of makes you more of a one-dimensional offense. Um, Right, I mean that's never a good thing. Even if that one dimension is a pretty effective one in general in, in tempo, um, and I think at some point they need to be able to string together fourteen, like fourteen play eighty five yard drives that go over six minutes, like the one they did um, uh, to extend their lead from one to eight the other night. Um, so I, I guess if there was any sort of positive sign as to them. Uh, executing while not playing as up-tempo of a style. It was that drive, but it was still only one drive. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to run tempo early and often uh, from, from here on out because I, I can't see why not. All right, so it's still early, but from what you've seen from LSU so far and what you've seen from the SEC, other teams in the SEC so far, is your idea of where LSU fits into the upper half of the L- of the SEC perhaps any different than it was three weeks ago? Um, no, I, I think it's pretty much the same. Uh, I, I feel like this team can get to eight wins for sure. Um, I feel like there's still a chance that they get less less than eight wins, and I feel feel like there's still a pretty decent chance they get more than eight wins. It's just a matter of. Uh, I, I, I just feel like after the Florida State game, I think the it seemed like the bottom fell out for this team. But again, it was only one game, even as ugly as it was. And um, we see now with this Mississippi State game that this team 
it may be may have fixed a lot of those problems that it had against Florida State already, um, which I guess is an encouraging sign. But again, we're only three games into the season. So I, I don't want to pass too much judgment on those three games, first of all. And second of all, I, I just feel like if the offensive line is going to play this well and the defense is going to look this connected and well coached, then yeah, they, this I, I I I can't see why this team can't win nine or ten games. I I think it's possible. I wouldn't bet on it, but at the same time, it's that might be nine wins might be more likely than seven at this point if the defense is going to play that well. Granted, Mississippi State isn't a perfect team, but they came into this game and almost everyone thought they would win this game, right? So I, it's, I don't know. Again, I don't want to overreact over one week or over the next, right? But um, I, I think by the middle of the season, we're going we're gonna to get a pretty good idea of what this team is. And I, I think as it stands at the moment, though, I think they're roughly where I thought they would be, you know, a, a good eight-win team that has some growing pains and problems just because of all the new pieces they have on their roster. So um, it, it's going to be an interesting season nevertheless. Well, we won't find, we won't know much more a week from now, but we'll see how they handle that um, yeah. kind of the, the, the week after a, a nice victory. We'll see how that goes and uh, certainly looks a lot better for the Tigers than it did a couple weeks ago. I appreciate your time as always, sir. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kevin. Take care. Koki Riley of the USA Today Network. No, I, I, you know, I think a lot of people thought Mississippi State was better after, because of all the questions LSU had, but that was a, that was a great win. I, I, I don't know. I think maybe they're at least one spot higher, at least one spot higher in the overall SEC picture um, after that win. And, you know, we'll see. You know, I, I think they're better in Auburn. Um, you know, still got to win the game. Um, I just not the biggest admiring fan of not fan. Just I, I just kind of always think A&M's a little overrated. That game's a long way from now. I we were talking about tempo, and as he was talking about, I'm thinking I don't think they want to do this tempo thing against Alabama. So they'll have to be able to prove that they can do the other thing on that. Uh, and eat 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 a little more clock when they have the ball if they're going to pull off an upset like that. But uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like they got a better chance. We'll see how that plays out. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back with more on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. We will have open phone lines for the rest of this hour and the next hour. So if you have any more thoughts about the Saints, we talked about them a little bit earlier, having to do with the the perceptions of Jameis and the expectations and all that, the disappointment and 
and and all of that. We talked with Cody Juno quite a bit yesterday about Cajun football. If you have any reactions or thoughts to that or any comments that you have on Cajun football as well as LSU football, just getting off the phone with Cokie Riley. So any of those things, high school football, um, pretty good week, I would say, uh, last week. And a pretty good schedule uh, this week. We've got Rustin coming in to face Lafayette Christian and uh, Notre Dame. Turlings is going to Notre Dame. And that is a, um, you know, both of those teams are undefeated. Uh, got a chance to see Turlings for the first time this past Friday. And it, they played They played a good team in St. Charles, defending um, cha- state champion, and they played very well, and they won. And uh, and Notre Dame is undefeated. So it is that, 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 that should be a really good matchup. Tomorrow night, Acadiana will play Lafayette High. I'm getting old, so I keep forgetting the year. But I think it's been 16 years since Lafayette High beat Acadiana. And you know what? That brings up a point. I, I, I've i said this before, and I meant to mention this last week. I kind of get it if someone wants to say it on a situation like that. But this thing that I keep hearing people, and I, I think Todd Bowles said it last week, and I think he was using it as a motivation. He was trying to play mind games with his little team. Um. But this idea, and Casper's really been saying this stuff for years now, and he, I think he's just totally wrong. The, the idea or the notion that if one team wins all the time or most of the time that it's not a rivalry, it's just silliness. Now, again, I always give the – Mamu versus John Curtis situation. If you have two teams that are on totally different levels, then, yeah, I get that. But, folks, you know, Casper's always running his mouth, and that's part of the rivalry. The fact that he's even running his mouth about the series or the rivalry with the Falcons is proving him wrong. It shows how silly his statement is. But the, the Falcons had beat him, like, I think it's nine times. It's not like they've never beaten him. Like, like they, the whole, it's not a rivalry. That rivalry ended in 2006 when we got here. That's just an ignorant, stupid, inaccurate statement. Now, if he doesn't really believe it and he's just acting silly, it proves his own statement wrong because you would only act silly like that against a rival. It's just, I don't buy that theory at all. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. 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 Kevin, how are you? How hey. Are you? Haven't heard that voice. It hadn't been too long. Seemed like you called about a month ago. It's good hearing from you. Gino, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, you know, just, that, that uh, was a rough one. I get Sunday. a kick out of the panic. You know, it's kind of funny. It, I, I, I have to agree, you know, when you looked at the first two weeks, not just New Orleans, but – across the board in the NFL, the offensive lines, for the most part, all stunk yes. on everybody's team. So the defense had an advantage. And, uh, you know, it's, you're right. Next week, I think, is when the, the real games start because now they're, they're just trying to feel their way through their offense, you know. 
So, and if, as far as the Jamison haters, I, I don't, I don't get that. I, I look, I think that he's one of those guys that uh, he's in the right place now. If, he, if his career can go forward from here, he's in the right place. He's yes. in the right system. Uh, he, he's like a lot of quarterbacks that were highly touted coming out of college and even out of high school into college that, you know, they, they play with horrible teams <laughs> and, but, you know, Archie Manning's a great example of that. Never played on a good team his whole career, but he was a great quarterback, you know, so. Hopefully it gets better this week. I, I, you know, my mental sanity needs it to get better. Yeah. And I, and I say, I'm not sure I, I came in on your comment about rivalry, not rivalry. If you're in the division, if you're in the same division, you're rivals. Yeah. Pure, I mean, all that silly. No, it's all silliness. I, I hate when people say that. I think it's stupid. Well, I mean, it's you, just an elitist like attitude. You, no one knows. No one knows the other team better than the other team. Yes. I mean, you know. Yeah. So. It, it, it's crazy. Okay. It's great. Great hearing from you again, Gino. Thank you very much. You take care, buddy. You too. Take care. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Good, sir. Okay, a quick point about the Cajuns building upon some of your conversation with Cody yesterday. One of the things that what you and a lot of other people said is the offense lacks an identity. I've been trying to figure out why that is. and I think it goes back to something that they're just committing too many penalties. Uh, if you look at the Eastern Michigan game, you know, they were scores in the first half. They floated the second half. I know the Heat had something to do with that. But they quit putting themselves behind the chains. Even in the game this past week uh, against uh, Rice, you know, you know, there was a bad call on Lumpkin. You know, there was a holding call that stopped a uh, what would have been a first and goal. I know what Coach Dez said. It may have been a bad call, but if you're a little better with your technique, you don't give him a chance to call. So, let's call that. So, if you build upon that point where the offensive line is still struggling, that's where they need them. They really need to eliminate the penalties. They can, they can stay on schedule, and their offense may be quick a little bit. The first drive of the game last week, they had a penalty that uh, – Put them in a, what, second and 15, they got to third and four, and then pass was dropped. Yes. Stop the penalties, and then you'll be a lot better off. Also, the offensive line, I think, is struggling more than the coaches want to admit. I know coaches not going to criticize any of his own players, but I think it's a real weakness, and, and it, which makes it more emphatic that you don't commit any penalties. Uh, I don't know if they'll improve by the end of the season. I, I know in no way they were going to be as good as last year with basically two professional players and a fifth-year senior in there. But with that in mind, I think they need to do things like when it's stop going for it on four down so much inside the 25-yard line. I didn't really like it when they when they passed on a field goal and went on uh, passed the ball three straight times inside the 20. I absolutely so agree. Line, yes, I agree. Knowing your offensive line is struggling, kick field goals and you can get a chance. I especially uh, when I you play defense and you can punt. I absolutely agree. I think that's that's good game management philosophy. Okay, those are my points. Hopefully, the. I don't know nearly as much about coaching as Coach Dez, but as an you know, ignorant observer out here, let's stop the penalties and kick fields so we can get them, and maybe we'll have more success going forward. I agree. Right, those are my comments. Thank, Thank you. Thanks. And I, I just think you got to run the football more. I, I know that it's all oh, we want to throw down the field, we want to throw down the field, and, yeah, you need to throw down the field, but you run the football, then you'll be able to throw down the field, and you'll have more open receivers to throw to, and it ain't going to be a bunch of, oh, let me just throw it up and hope my receiver beats the defensive back. I'm not a big fan of that. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back, finish out the first hour on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
Yes, that's good advice. It's a long, long way there. We're still in preseason football. Let's not analyze too, too much just yet. Uh, but I know, it, look, it's tough. It's tough to do because especially when you have, you know, all this newness. And so everyone is so willing to say, oh, Coach Dez is not this or not that. Oh, after they lost to Florida, oh, Coach Kelly, and look at what he did, and this isn't going to work. And and there are people who can't stand uh, Dennis Allen already either. So, again, when you have newness, it, it, it's it's hard to not when you have a new coach. It's hard to not develop first impressions because you spent the whole offseason thinking and talking about what is it going to be like. And in those first game or two, it's like, well, this is what it's going to be like. I don't like this. Well, that first game or two is not always what it's going to be like a month from now or two months from now, even if you have a veteran coach. I mean, have we not learned? That's why you got to, just why you got to kind of to Jay's point, learn, know the history of things. In order to, you know, and now it, it it's not always apples and apples. Sometimes it doesn't happen like you did at times before. But if you know that, it kind of helps a little bit. All right. That'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome. Back to footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you tonight, tune in tonight for the McNeese Coaches Show presented by Maplewood Burgers, line of bed out of Westlake and the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Our friend Jim Gazzolo, whose White Sox lost again last night to the Commanders. I think they're in in deep trouble, and I think they're going to be getting a new manager in the offseason. We'll see how that plays out. But our friend Jim Gazzolo will be the host of the McNeese Coaches Show with Gary Goff and will be broadcasted again from Maplewood Burgers at 4453 Nelson Road from 6 to 7, and you can hear it right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You know, I really personally got to take advantage of 1041 Lake Charles on the way to Rice Saturday because we were driving down to the game, listening until it, you know, it gets to around Lake Charles and, and, and it was starting to get a little muffly. And so I said, well, let's just turn it over to 1041. And it was crystal clear. So that worked out perfect. But no. Uh, don't don't forget the McNeese Coaches Show tonight with Jim Gazzolo again from Maplewood Burgers. I wonder if we're ever going to get a, a Maplewood Burger down here because we we I mean I, I I like cold burgers. It doesn't have to be hot out of the oven. I'll eat a cold burger. Oh, she's so picky. A burger elitist. She won't eat a a cold burger. I mean, if I have to, I have no microwave. I'll eat it cold. But like, yeah, I prefer a hot burger. Well, yeah. Because they had the juices. Juices, like, all dry up and of stuff. Of course you would prefer the hot burger, but some of us are not, you know, that picky. <laughs> not that picky. <laughs> some of us, uh, you know, more like Philistines when it comes to our food. Uh, all right. So, again, the McNeese Coaches Show tonight. Astros play um, the Rays again. 
Lance McCullers supposed to pitch. Pretty sure I saw that correctly. I, I, I I'm just amazed at um, last night's victory. I did not expect to win yesterday. Not only did they win, they didn't give up a, a back-to-back shutouts. I mean, they almost scored a run in the ninth. They had the bases loaded, no out, but they didn't. They didn't. I mean, one out didn't score. Had to bring in Abreu again. I'm still not. I, I appreciate what he's done. I'm still not totally sold on Brian Abreu. I'm still kind of a little gun shy, but uh, brought had to bring Presley in, and and he got it done. So we'll see what happens there. Mets and the Braves both won. I was telling Raymond during the break this morning. One of the guys on the 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 New York show that I watch sometime in the morning. Um, said he doesn't even scoreboard watch anymore. He doesn't even scoreboard watch because he knows the Braves are going to win. So it's just a matter of are the Mets going to win? Because he already, he doesn't even, he said, I don't even need to look at the scoreboard. I know the Braves are going to win. And so um, we'll see how, how that um, plays out. The Mets have won the first two games at the Brewers, which is not the easiest team in the world to be playing. They're still in, in, a, in a playoff Hunt. And, and, you know, the Padres have been doing better. Clevenger won last night over the Cardinals. So um, it will uh, it will be interesting to see because the Phillies are the one that's starting to slip a little bit. The Phillies gave up, what was it, 18 runs last night. 18 runs. <sighs> Man, it's bad when you score 10 or 11 runs and you don't even come close to winning. That should not be. In the it were really any baseball, but especially in Major League Baseball, if you give up, if you score ten or eleven runs and you don't even come close to winning, that is not good, not good at all. Again, the game hotline is seven zero six zero one 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 seven zero six zero one one one. Um, Judge hit another home run last night. It, it really, you know me, I'm not an individual guy. I really, that, the home run race in 98, I, I I didn't care about. I mean, I know my, most of you who were baseball fans probably did. I remember come, being on the air. I was a lot skinnier back then, but I remember being on the air and, and, and like, can, can we just worry about um, whether your team wins or not? Because you're like in a playoff race. Who cares who hit a home run? Did you win? And, um... I remember hearing my whole life about how great baseball purists the Cardinal fans were, and I will go to my grave saying they were more worried about McGuire hitting a home run and winning games. They get too caught up in that silliness, and that's part of why everybody got so mad because they got duped because they were worried about all that silly individual junk and not worry about the team. But uh, but it is impressive. I, I don't understand why the people keep pitching to him, balls over the middle of the plate. But, again, no one else in the league – Hits balls thrown over the middle of the plate as far as often as he does. So I, I don't get it. Why throw him so many pitches right over the middle of the plate? But, you know, your team and my team and all these other hitters in baseball, they get balls over the middle of the plate too, and they don't and they either foul them off or hit singles. They don't hit home runs as much as he does. It is impressive. And, uh, you know, it looked like they were going to lose last night and they at home to the Pirates, which would have been a bad loss. But again, right now, their their position's pretty locked. I don't think anybody's going to catch them. About a week and a half ago, I thought some people were going to catch them, but they just haven't won enough games. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Talk to our old friend Manny. Hello, sir. Morning, Kevin. How are you? Well, I'm I'm all right. I've been missing for a couple of days, waiting. You know, on Monday, I just. 
I, I couldn't talk to you on Monday because, uh, you know, you were, you were incensed and I was incensed. And so I say, well, yes, I agree, combination. So <laughs> I just wanted to wait till we were both a little more calm. You know, to, to, to your, you know, your, your point and, and, you know, Jay's point, well, people are just so, you know, and listen, you spot on about James. And, and, and another observation, you know, as far as taking what's given, I think, you know, James is a very fiery, emotional, you know, he's an emotional guy. So I think when things go on, like late in the game, you know, I watch NFL Live and, you know, they, they show a lot of segments. And one that had a couple of minutes segment on some of the throws that James was not taking underneath, you know, when he threw those deep balls. And that's, to your point, that's, that's a concern, and and a lot of it happened happened a couple of times. Especially after all the the brouhaha, so you know that's a concern. That's something that obviously has to work on. But uh, you know, it, it's ours, <laughs> Kevin. Now, I know we, you know, I'm the old guy standing, don't don't walk on my lawn and all that stuff. It's our society, Kevin. I mean, instant gratification. People don't a process. People don't. They don't. I, they don't need, neither do they understand nor appreciate that everything has a process. You know, you're not, I mean, they see Josh Allen doing what he's doing, okay, and, you know, I mean, he's an elite, super elite guy, and they see other people, but I mean, that's not the Saints style, that's not going to happen. It's a process, but, I mean, we don't. And Josh Allen wasn't there. doing that three years ago. Exactly, yeah. and he wasn't doing it when he had played eight or nine games with the Buffalo Bills. And I don't know that our offense is ever going to do that. I mean, that's, no, Jameis is not John Well, Allen, John I don't Allen. know if anybody's offense is going to be. It's no, unbelievable right, what they're doing right, right exactly. now. But anyway, yeah, I mean, go ahead. But, but you know, it, it's a process, and people don't, they don't have any desire to see a process. I mean, it, you know, it's just like the whole coaching thing. Oh, Dan's is terrible, and, you know. Kelly was terrible, and Dennis Allen's terrible. I mean, you know, you don't have any idea what, how that is going to work out. I mean, look at the first game. You know, LSU's terrible. What is this? this is what we paid $10 million for. And, boy, they should have signed Napier. And then this week, oh, wow. Man, we played so well. You know, listen, it's a process. It's all a process. And if you think that all these things are going to happen with new coaches, and new staffs overnight, well, you, you are living in the world that we live in today. All right, Kevin, listen, and, and it's not make or break to Jay's point. Not make or break. We, we, I think we want to be two and two, obviously, after the next oh, Sunday in in. in I want to be better. I want to be better. We don't want to be one and we don't want to be one and three, but you know, two and two is what we're looking for. Two and two, come back home. I understand your point, Manny, but I, I understand your point, Manny, but the, but this is the easy part of the Saints schedule. That's the problem. That the, They're, oh, we're going to go through the preseason thing, which they always seem to go through. They can't start playing football until the preseason's over. I don't – and so – but the and I agree with you, and I'm preaching it, but the problem is the easy part of the schedule is the is this part of the schedule. Oh, I know. I understand. And, and, but – we got, you know, I mean, listen, it is what it is. You, you, you got to be two and two. It's a part of schedules now, but we win. Once, once again, we won and won. And listen, 
we got a decent shot to be three and one. Doesn't mean, you know. Uh, oh, it can like happen, certainly. Yeah. Don't like it. And I don't like going to England at all, wherever we're going. But, you know, you still got a shot to be three and one. I mean, so, and, and Kevin Moran, the football. No, that, that was very the big, encouraging. The big boy, 24, was his name, Washington? Man. Yeah. Man. He had Kevin, some good runs. He was, he was bringing the. He was bringing some heat. He was running north and south. Normally, I think of him as an east-west runner, but he did some north and south running. Look, I was very encouraged with that. Yes. All right, Kevin. Let's hang in there, brother. All right. Take care. Thank you. No, a lot of good points by Manny. It it is – the the impatient part for me is is what I said about this is – this is the part of the schedule. Need to get some wins. And look, if they start out, we're saying, look, the Saints level of play has been bad. There's no arguing that. It's been bad. The, I think the level of play was a little higher in the loss than it was in the win. But if they start out three and one, like, you know, it's not like it's impossible they could beat the Arnolds. And it's not like it's impossible they could beat the Vikings. Oh, we're talking about the Vikings. They always seem to break the Saints' heart some kind of way. But um, they've been a thorn in my side for my whole life. But um, if they start out 3-1, and one, we're going to say it's a good start. Well, right now, through two games, we're saying it's an awful start because the level of play is so bad. But again, it's preseason. So it's just so – it's so complicated. And it and, and I it's hard to be patient. But you, you, you kind of have to or you're just really risking looking like a bozo. You know, a month from now. Um, all right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Foot, what's going on? Oh, man, it's rough. It's rough. Not for my Astros. They're they're rolling right now. I, I hope they keep this up in the playoffs, but they, they're looking good. Yeah, now, Foot, let me ask you. We all know that Aaron Judge is a, is a feared hitter. And, and, and that thing I sent you, he has 17 intentional walks this year, Aaron Judge. Did you, did you see what I sent you that – Barry Bonds had 17 intentional walks in an 11-game span in 2004. That's how much he was feared. Oh yeah, it's that you know they didn't even mess with him. But but I I don't um I just but his ability to get on well I guess that that plays hand in hand with his on base percentage. Judge is nowhere near the the threat. You know, he, it's a lot easier to get Judge out than Bonds out. Let's put it that way. It's a lot easier to get Judge exactly. Out. Yeah. yeah exactly. I agree with that 100% yeah. too. Now, Foot, what do you think is going to happen if you had to handicap the, the Braves and Mets? I mean, we got the same amount of losses. It's getting down to the nitty-gritty, and we got a three-game series coming up, I think, next weekend. Well, again, I thought you'd caught them by now, and here we are. What is today, the 21st of September? And you still hadn't caught them, so it's still time, but I'm starting to wonder, man, what the, I'm a little I'm a little surprised that, at that. Uh, if If – I think I'm correct. If they win one out of three, they win the tiebreaker. And so, um, you know, you need to really sweep them. But if you beat them two out of three, there may not even be a tiebreaker. So, no, I, I don't know. I, the thing that, again, I, I hear that Mets talk all the time because I watch the New York station in the morning. And the thing that they keep saying that I keep saying, they keep they keep acting like if Scherzer and DeGrom pitch, that's a win. But you realize how many games the Mets have lost that those two pitchers have started? 
in the last yeah. They, you know, it's nowhere near automatic win. It's not even like a, a probable win. It, it's it's above five hundred, but it's not like way, way, way above five hundred. So it's almost like they 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 put too much stock in Scherzer and Degrom. Yeah, and so I don't know. I still, I if you ask me, I think it's going to win. I think it's going to be the Braves. But I thought that a month ago, when you still haven't caught them. But but you say we haven't caught them. You you do know that we got the same amount of losses. They just got two. They played two more games than us this year, so I mean, I, I consider that that we are dead lock. We just got to win. I mean, that's that's what I think. And they say you win every day, so it's easy that way. If you keep winning every day, <laughs> within well, you know, that'll take care of itself. Well, we see. It should be interesting. I mean, and, and one more thing before I let you go: Do you think? Do you rather fight down to the end like this, yes. or do you rather be on a pressure cruise the last month like the Astros going into the playoffs? Well. As a fa- and my 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 blood pressure likes the pleasure cruise, but again, history shows you're better off fighting to the end. Now again, there's no guarantees when you fight to the end. You might lose your little battle, and then you're you know kind of behind the eight ball. But history shows that you're better off fighting to the end. I think. Yeah, because you more. I I think you're more ready for the playoffs because it's not like a switch you can turn on when okay the playoffs we. We sat everybody for the last week and a half, two weeks, gave them rest, gave them No, I agree. I agree. It's tough. It's tough. I agree. Yeah. All right, Foot. Talk to you later. Thanks, Troy. One more call on the game hotline, and then we'll go to our first break of this hour. Hello. Hello, Kevin. Howdy, sir. How you doing, buddy? So, a few points I want to make about the Saints, man. Oh, man. I I, I just want to know. I have one question for you. Why do you keep calling it? No, because I think the way that the NFL is played today, so few teams play their starters at all in the preseason games. That's the new, I say new, it's probably been going on for five, you know, five, six, seven years, something like that. And so, in other words, you, you, you see these online headlines and it says what we learned in week one, what we learned in week two. You didn't learn anything in week one or week two because th- all these teams are still in preseason mode. We're going to know right. what these teams are in week four, five, and six. About then, you know, the offensive lines will start getting together and the, the continuity if you have new coaches. It, it's not – the games count. It's not preseason football, but – the only thing that the only thing that's real right now is injuries. Injuries are real, and that, those are meaningful. But pretty much everybody you watch, where they are right now, is not where they're going to be a month from now. Right, right. Now, another thing, you know, I, I get what James But man, that, if the back injury can't get any worse. When are we going to call the Red Rocket in to come save the day? I think with the Red Rocket in, we have Alabama tomorrow, Alabama, wide open. Jameis Winston's just not – he's not utilizing his, his, his go-to targets like we did in the Drew era. And I just feel that Dennis Allen and our offensive coordinator is still kind of stuck in the past, man. We need to evolve. And I think, I think a big part of it is, is – Maybe getting Jameis the the rest that he needs because I'd rather have Jameis later on in the season than right now and at least give Andy Dalton a, a shot, man. Because I just feel those balls that he was throwing to Olave were just not really on target the whole the whole game, and he, he he's just 
he just seems like he's just playing so timid and, and scared. Andy Dalton cannot throw a deep ball. So if you want to ever throw a deep ball, forget about Andy Dalton. Now, I think Jameis is a really good deep ball thrower. And, I, and look, if he throws bad deep balls all year long, then I'm going to say, well, y'all are right. You got to get rid of him. That's preseason mode. Yeah, that's going to come. I'm not worried about the deep ball. I'm worried about the underneath stuff that you're talking about. That's where he's got to do it. That's where he's got to do it. He's going to hit his fair share of deep balls because he's an excellent deep ball thrower. Andy Dalton is not. Uh, and right. I, I, Look, but I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Bye. Look, I understand what he's saying. I understand the concerns. I mean, the Saints look terrible right now. They're, they look terrible. I get that. But I also think there's some irony. In the last three to four years of the Drew Brees era, all I heard was, well, they got to get rid of Drew because he can't throw the ball down the field. Everybody's, all the defenses have figured him out. Can't throw the ball down the field. And now they got a quarterback that can throw down the field and likes to throw down the field probably a little too much. Um, And now we need to get more of a version of Drew Brees in who's just going to throw the little short passes and get rid of I don't know. And again, I want more short passes completed. But I, I don't know. I'm just not an Andy. Did y'all see Andy Dalton play for the Cowboys? when he, he looked horrific. I mean, terrible. He was terrible. I just, I can't get that out of my mind. I am not an Andy Dalton guy. Just not. All right, we'll take a timeout. Appreciate the phone calls, and we'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry, we're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Medicine season. Medicine season. Now. A season in which a college or professional sports team suffers a disappointing season due to injuries or fluky incidents, also known as paying the piper. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the games. I was Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Speaking of the Astros, uh, time is running out. If you would like to win tickets to Astro Giveaway 5, Astros Rays play Saturday, October the 1st. If you would like to win four tickets, tour Minute Maid Park and hotel accommodations, you need to go to, you need to join the game rewards club and you might win astro getaway five always as always powered by butcher air conditioning la meridian houston downtown and the game southwest louisiana sports station i just heard something that adds to the answer that jacob had what is preseason why do you keep saying preseason football listen to this currently through two weeks in the nfl season these are your top three passers in the NFL, Joe Flacco, Tua, and Carson Wentz. That's your top three passers through two weeks. 
That might be the best explanation of all as to what do you mean by preseason? Don't believe anything you've seen so far. Again, we've we learned absolute. What have you learned the first two weeks of the season? We've learned absolutely nothing. That is the answer to the question. You say, well, again, like I said yesterday, you say, well, you don't think that the Buffalo quarterback and the Chiefs quarterback are good? Yeah, but I already knew that. <laughs> I, didn't le- I didn't learn that these first two weeks. What did we learn the first two weeks of the NFL season? The answer, let's say it all together, absolutely nothing. We don't know anything because this is preseason. And it has nothing to do with what a team's going to be for the majority of the season. The games still count, but don't make any assessments on what you're watching. Again, that is funny. The three leading passers right now in the NFL are Joe Flacco, Tua, and Carson Wentz. It's about all you need to know about preseason football. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, foot. Good morning. Hey, I, I, I can tell you one thing I learned, even though I knew it already. Tua's a very good quarterback. That's what I learned, even though I knew that already. Uh, it's preseason football, my man. Preseason hey, football. He's, he's going to be in the top five in passing yards the whole season, man. But – uh, that's not why I called. I called because I know that delusional Yankees fan is listening right now. I got an important question for you, Foot. Okay. How will your team? And I'm not speaking of your team, but how does your team? Will your team win a World Series when it takes a walk-off grand slam to beat the Pittsburgh Pirates? <laughs> how are you? World Series I, I don't know. I mean, everybody's got games like that during the course of the season where you have to come from behind against a bad team. I, it doesn't seem like, you know, the right thing to be doing right now to be that far behind of the Pirates at home. But, I mean, it's baseball. I, I, look, I don't think they're built to win the World Series. They're going to have to prove me wrong. Yeah, they're not. I, the Astros are red hot right now. They got to get through the Astros, and they, they ain't proved that in the regular season. And if I remember right, they lost to the Pirates earlier in the season. Didn't they lose a series to them? If I remember right, uh, they certainly lost a game or two. I don't know if it was the whole series. I'd have to go back and look. That's why that that Yankee fan that's listening, uh, he knows who he is. He's delusional, man. They ain't winning. No, they 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 might get lucky, get out the first round, and then I'm out to hear it from him. You know, I was in the World Series. I was like, y'all got two more rounds to go. So call me when y'all in the World Series, you know. But, uh, but yeah, that's all I had uh, for you. Foot. Keep that head up. Positive thoughts, man. And like you said, we in preseason. But, too, I have a feeling this is his year, man. Well, he's certainly got some weapons. No question about that. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Talk to Rockefeller. Hello. Hello. Kevin. Yes, sir. Kevin. Yes, sir. Have we have we been discussing this already, Kevin? What's that? Have we been have we discussed already? You don't want to win too much, Kevin. You want to go. You want to fight to the end. You don't want to overwin, Kevin. How many times have we gone through this? We've gone through this with the Saints. We've gone through this with the Astros. And I told you this when the old stinking Patriots been undefeated. I told you it wasn't no shot of winning it. It's not a shot. They go win. They're gonna shine. They're gonna dance and prance. Do all these little things what they be doing. But guess what happened? You get your heart broken in the end. You know that, Kevin. You know that. So, so Even what are you Astros saying? The Astros need to start lot, losing. Kevin. I know they they need to start losing. You're saying. I, I'm with you. 
I mean, I mean, come on now. I hear you. I'm a little. I'm a little. I told you Kentucky wasn't winning that thing. Win too much. You pay the piper, like you say. I learned that from you, Kevin. Like, like you say, we've been driving you crazy for years, Kevin. But you drove us crazy a long time too, and we learned some <laughs> things from you too. Even though sometimes you kind of off your rocker, we still learn some things, Kevin. We learn some things from you, Kevin. And I learned that you can't win, can't too, win much, too much. You pay the piper. Yep. You pay the piper, and you know the other day, man, you was like. You were really going off, man. You were going off. The first time I heard you like that, somebody else told me, man, you heard Kevin? And I said, yeah, I heard him. And I said, he was right, though. But I said, he got to calm down. I wonder if you still got that blood pressure medicine working. Is it still working? Oh, it, 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 I hope it is. It seems to be. Okay, I want to make sure you don't get need a higher dosage. Cause, you know, I just remembered, though, I didn't it, take it this morning. I need to take it, it after the show. Oh, okay. No, no, not after this show. After that show, the other day you should have took it. Not today. What <laughs> you want to take it today for? You come today, the Astros winning, everything is going good. You're behind that Saints law, so don't take it today. You need to go back and take it for that show. Yes. Because, man, it was bad, man. But, no, Kevin, we don't want to win too much, man. They never want to win too much. Yeah, they need a, I think they'll team, start losing a few games. That I don't like win too much. Packers, Patriots. Teams like that, I hope they win, overwin. Just keep on winning because you ain't winning the playoffs. But teams that we like, no, 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 we don't want to win too much. You want to fight to the end. You want to get blooded. You want to get some knots on your forehead going into that tournament. You don't want to go too high on your little horse and everything because you will fall, Kevin. So I'm just enjoying the show listening, Kevin, and I'll be calling you back either today All right. or we could talk tomorrow. All talk right. To Th- thanks for the reminder. The, I need that. So if the Astros lose a few games here, I mean, I, I'll, I will have known it, but it's it's it always helps to have a reminder, a little friendly reminder. Losses right now are good if you're the Astros. I get that. I, I understand his, I understand his thinking. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just – I'm really surprised. Uh, going into September, did I think the Astros were going to win the West? Of course I did. But but I, I, I thought they'd struggle a little more. But, man, they've been pitching. Oh, the bullpen's been pitching. It be, again, they, a couple guys need to get lit. And I'm not talking about our, like Arkady-type guys because, like, they're about to – they're like they're, – they're having a month so far. The bullpen – with its ERA and its WHIP, like you got to go back over a hundred years since somebody has done what the Astros bullpen has done so far in September. Like a hundred years, over a hundred years. So to Rockefeller's point, somebody in the bullpen needs to start getting hit because you don't want to get lit. You don't want that pay the piper bullpen moment to come in the postseason. You want it to come in the regular season. So they need to get hit a couple times in these last few weeks to get that out of their system. So I, that's, that's, that's very, it's very good advice, very, very prudent warning there by Rockefeller. So the Piper is not happy, not happy with the Astros bullpen right now. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm with, I'm with him. I hear him. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. On the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Are you fluent in footlish? 
Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you, we always tell you, and more. Well, this is part of the and more of joining the game clubhouse. 13th gate, if you would like to win, 13th gate giveaway. Well, you can win VIP tickets to the legendary haunted house attraction. I got to tell you, never been a person that really enjoyed scaring myself on purpose, but I know many of you do. If you would like to do it, you simply register for the Game Rewards Club, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You could win a pair of VIP tickets at the 13th Gate, courtesy of Midnight Productions and the Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The Game Hotline again is 706 706-0111. I want to go back to Jacob's call. Um, the injury situation. The other thing that he brought up was the injury situation. And I said yesterday, I have no idea. I mean, I think there are a lot of people saying a lot of things and they really have no idea. They're just talking. Um, I did hear, and I didn't hear this first. I got this secondhand. Someone from someone who heard the interview. And there was a doctor that was interviewed on WWL yesterday. And essentially what he said was that there were two kinds of the kind of injury that that Jameis has. There are two kinds. One of them is really bad, and there's no way any doctor would approve him playing because you could get paralyzed. And then there's the kind that Jameis has. And essentially what he said was that it's it's just a pain. There's nothing they can do with it. They can't shoot it up. It's not that kind of injury because it's too close to the spinal cord. So they, he, it's pain tolerance until it's over. And he, he kind of suggested in about a week or two, he'll be past it. He'll be, it'll be over. But until then, it's just pain tolerance. Now, again, my only concern in that situation is if you really can't run at all, I hate that. I mean, I, you, if, if like the situation where I understand he might be reluctant. If he, he doesn't want to take a hit, but if it's wide open and all you got to do is get two yards, get three yards, go down and be, and be done with it and get up, you got to be able to do that. If you can't do that, then maybe they do need to think about putting in the backup who I am not a fan of. But but still, they might need to think about doing that. Uh, in that situation. But if he can slide, he just chose not to because Drew did that a ton of times, and I would scream at him, like, get the first out. Um, but, no, I, it, if that doctor is accurate, then the injury situation is not as bad as it sounded. But, and again, like I said yesterday, we'll never know if that's affecting his passes or not. We'll never know that. It's preseason, and, and he's injured. So, who knows what's affecting his passing, what not affecting his passing accuracy. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Yes, sir. I hate to be greedy and call twice in one day. But listen, you know, so I, I, we talked a couple of weeks ago, and I was 
trying to think of a guy's name that used to call you all the time, you know, in another place, in another, in another dimension. Kyle was the old, with the gentleman. I knew who you were talking Kyle. about. Yeah, I knew you were talking. He about. would call you often, and uh, you know, he was uh, he was kind of argumentative all the time. But I, I couldn't think of his name. And yeah. So I just it dawned on me, come and listen, Kevin. Can you just get a segment? Uh, listen, when I grow up, I want to be I want to be Rockefeller, Ron, man. This that guy, he is he he he's he's the real deal. When when he calls in and comes up with the things that he comes up with, when he's just sad, Kevin, I, I know you, I pick up on you. Got to get some knots on your head before <laughs> before the before the postseason starts. Yes. Hey, listen. Ron, Ron is spot on, and he has such a unique way of uh, of putting everything. I just want and, to say, and the man you can work and, in a segment every once in a while just so you can talk to Ron. And, and, and the man business. catches fish at Rockefeller like crazy. He's the master. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, any guy that fishes is that the fishing master. Then you know because I, listen, I'm a terrible fisherman. Terrible. I can't. I I, I can't catch a fish. You know. In a, a tank, you know, a, a, a fish tank. But yeah. Any guy that's a master fisherman, you know, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of moxie. He's yeah. Got a lot of stuff with him, but he, he's, he, it's a very enjoyable. Okay, I just. I, I mean, all right, all right. Him. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, all man. Right, Thanks, all right. Man. So again, the injury situation. I just, I don't know. I, I am I worried about? It? Of course, I'm worried about it. Again, before I even heard of that, I'm like, man. The man walks like an old man. He worries me. Like, how long is he going to last? That worries me. Um, and so I, I, I think they'll play better. And, again, most quarterbacks in the NFL, most. Now, there are a certain number of elite quarterbacks. The, we Saints fans know what an elite quarterback Drew Brees in his prime was an elite quarterback, so we know what that's like. But there are not that many quarterbacks out there that are elite. And what I mean by that is where it doesn't matter really if you run the ball. You want to run the ball, but they can they have the ability to put the game on their shoulders. You don't have to protect them. All the other quarterbacks in the league, you have to protect. And what I mean by that is if you don't play any defense – and you don't run the football, you're just exposing them. You're just asking for turnovers. Kirk Cousins has done a lot more in his career than Jameis has. Well, you could argue that. But, but Kirk Cousins higher on most. Kirk Cousins looked great in that first week. In the second week, they didn't run the football at all. And what happened? They didn't play as good a defense. And what happened? He did terrible. Threw three picks. So, most quarterbacks have to be protected by play calling, by running the football, and by playing defense, and by having good special teams where you get good field position. And so Jameis is one of those. He needs to be protected. And when fumbling doesn't protect you and officials' calls don't protect you then you and you fall behind by double figures, at that point you become vulnerable. And you're open to interceptions, just like 80% of the quarter. I'm throwing out a number. It may be 83 or 75 or whatever. Just like the vast majority of quarterbacks in football, they have to be protected. 
the dumbest, the most inaccurate thing you're going to hear all week is this. Well, you can't blame the officials because the Saints had five quarterbacks. I mean, because the Saints had five turnovers. Eh. The only reason the Saints had five turnovers is because of the officials and and the fumble. If they don't, if he doesn't fumble and the officials don't make all the bad calls, then the Saints then still have the ability to protect him. And what I mean by protect him, I just mean they don't have to just willy-nilly throw the ball down the field. He doesn't have to, uh-oh. Because at, at some point, even as a fan, you have to say, all right, the gloves are off. You got to just go. And if, if you throw a pick, you throw a pick. At some point in the game, you and, I, and once the picks, and I, I said it myself, I'm like, all right, no more protecting. You got to just go. It happened in the Falcon game. At some point, the Saints fell so far behind, it was like, well, we – our little game plan is over. Like, the gloves are off. You got to just go. And if, it, if you throw a pick, you throw a pick. Oh, well. That's just part of the game. So, you don't ever really want to get to that point. You, you, you want to protect him. You want to run the football and play defense. You want to protect him. There are times in games where it's just, okay, there, there is no more protecting. You got to just go and just hope you execute. The problem with Jameis in his 30 interception years is with Bruce Arians as the head coach, there was no protection. It was take the gloves off and just go for four quarters for 16 games. That's the way he played football. You can't do that. That's why coaches throw in throw 30 interceptions. Quarterbacks don't. That's a coach issue. That's not a quarterback issue. Um, And so – as long as the Saints play defense and as long as they can run the ball and as long as the stupid officials and the stupid NFL with its stupid rule book doesn't get in the way and as long as you don't turn over the football, then they're going to be able to protect him and he's going to be fine. I don't know what a other way to explain it than that. That is where we are. And that I understand that. I think some people think I think he's an elite quarterback. He's not. I don't expect him to be. I, I, I'm not a QW. I know what he is, but I know what he can do in this in this in this offense if they protect him and if they get their act together, which I think is going to happen once preseason ends. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Spud. How's it going? Good morning, sir. I wouldn't go call, but I have to call it. First of all, first time down, it's just preseason, right? He's working in there for nothing. By week five, we're going to know what the deal is with all when it comes to the NFL. You know what I mean? We're going to see what our team is made of. So why right. are you worrying yourself? Well, you know, I'm, I'm worried. I'm just responding to people. It's just game two. Anything can happen. Got to win. Now, I'm good. I definitely called. Uh, or does I mean some Yankees, boy? Judge hit that ball, right? Um, the comparison of him and Bonds and whoever else. Is Judge taking steroids? Oh, I don't know. No, no, he's not taking steroids. We know. That. I have no Come idea on. whether he's taking steroids. He's not taking steroids. I'm pretty sure Yard and Alvarez is, but we know. I don't um, know Judge. who's taking steroids and who's not taking steroids. I have but, no idea. But just my point. It's hard to do with those guys who even, let alone hit home runs with judges doing. You know what I mean? And he's really Oh, no, I carrying. said that. I said no one else is hitting balls over the fence near anywhere near the rate he is. I mean, again, I don't know why he keeps getting these pitches, but he ain't missing too many of them apparently. 
got to respect it, you know, and he carrying the Yankees by himself really the best way he can, especially this season, you know. He's now, having a great year, no question. He's having a great season. He really is. And, and so far, it's funny how year, people stay healthy and have good years in contract years. It's funny how that happens. I, I still don't like – I can't players, ever right? wrap my mind around that totally, but go ahead. But now for this, what I look at, I had to call because um, Mr. Yankee hated that call, Martin. Don't you know – I don't know if that man works at that place still. He, I mean, I don't ever see him no more. It's been some weeks, probably been a month. He don't answer his phone when I call. He don't answer my text. Don't reply. Man. So He's really been missing. He's been missing in action for quite some time, and all of a sudden he calls up wanting to take a shot at my Yankee. Y'all, y'all two are something. Y'all are something. It's him, but – is him. <laughs> I used to see him every day. Him on all asking me about my Yankees at work. I can't find the man anymore. He don't answer my calls or my texts. <laughs> Listen, but it's not my fault. His cowgirls is not good, and his stocks didn't make it. You know, he had high hopes. I kept telling him about his team. He is delusional. <laughs> he don't want to see it until it happens. So I mean. My Yankees uh, it, going to the playoffs, is, uh, and we're going to make it to the World Series. Well, we're going to see. We're, we're going to see. We're going to see. get past August and September. We're going to get healthy, and we're going all the way. And that's what's happening. Believe in the Yankees. Trust. And let me tell Rockefeller and Manny, sir, Manny, don't believe. You don't want to be Rockefeller. That dude is delusional. And Rockefeller don't listen to putting them because the pipe is something they made up to feel good when they lose to a Yankee. Uh, no, That's yeah, yeah, that ain't happened too much. That happened happen too many times in the last 10 years. But all right, thanks for the call. We got to take a break. Right, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be back, finish out today's show on the game. Welcome back. Again, I want to remind you, like we said in the last segment, join the Game Club out. You can win all kind of great prizes like $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's, $50 to Cypress Bayou, I'm sorry, to uh, Half Shell Oyster House, or $25 to Mabel's Kitchen. All those great prizes, including you know, like 13th Gate VIP tickets, none of it could be won unless you join the Game Club house, so do so today. So, all right. I think we're learning. We're learning together. Y'all are helping me, Rockefeller call. I'm trying to trying to explain things. We're trying to understand what we're watching. But remember, in the NFL, maybe this week, probably the next week, then you can start saying you learned something. Don't trust anything that you think you learned in the first two to three weeks of an NFL season. The records are real and injuries are real. Everything else means nothing because it will likely change real soon once the preseason mode ends. So don't trust anything you've seen. And in fantasy, that's kind of a little bit of a different deal. We'll be talking to the guru tomorrow. But, man, I got some – I'm off to a good start, but I got some – I don't know what to do in a lot of the fantasy. I don't know what to trust in fantasy and not trust. It's been kind of a peculiar. Appreciate all the phone calls and Koki. Y'all have a nice day.